On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, we'll talk a little bit about Bryson DeChambeau's latest win, some ugly pants, and then we'll move into our experience at uh, the new PGA Superstore here in Indianapolis, as well as we will get into uh, these rule changes that are coming up here in 2019. Pretty, uh, pretty bold rule changes going on. And lastly, we have a beer barrel bourbon we're going to try from uh, New Holland. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed bump. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Faded Golf Podcast, coming to you live from the basement <laughs> of my house and uh, on new audio equipment. So if you hear uh, every little detail and sound, if you hear a bunch of echoing and things like that, we are working out the kinks um, of our setup. Sean's, Sean. Mark's got a new mixer. I got like a, I, I went, I went full podcast, um, like kind of surprised, I think probably myself and everybody that, uh, we're going to really try to be legit with this to a degree. And so I got on some podcast forum online or something and basically bought all the recommended equipment. I hope that guy got like a little, uh, Amazon, like attribution kicker or something off little that star. Yeah. He got like a little, he got like 50 cents off of me buying all this crap. I have no idea, but um, at any rate, you, uh, you, you should be able to hear us a little better. Hopefully it'll be a little bit more clear. We had kind of, uh, I thought, I thought we had a decent version. It was, a, it's a good travel version, uh, where if we're on the road, I think we, we had a, we have a nice little setup, but this, uh, this year, hopefully we'll, we'll get us some better quality audio and we'll kind of go from there. But, uh, we got some topics this week, John, you want to kick us off here with Bryson's biggest win here. Most recently, what? Let's see, have five wins out of the last, I don't know, eight tournaments or ten tournaments or three wins out of the last five tournaments or something like that. He, I don't know. He jumped up on to fire. number five in the world, I believe. I, I don't know. Those are no. specific things I always don't keep up with. The Golf Channel always does, but he no. is the guy is proving his science. I, we were talking about it a little bit, and we'll get into this with you know keeping the pin in and all these and the single length clubs and different things like that. I mean, the dude legitimately is taking a different viewpoint at the game and things are falling into place for him. I, I mean, I still think golf is a mental game of anything. I mean, you can have all the science, but you know, if, if the science helps him put his mind in the right spot where he can win more tournaments or be competing more tournaments, good for him. I think you're right, being subjective, because I don't think everybody Actually, I don't think the majority of golfers could use same-length clubs and do what he does. Right. No. I, I, I don't think they could. They, they, he, he definitely has a process. He has a way of going about because it. Because he uses same-length clubs, but you look at like his swing and his arm. and like, The way he has his left arm, I've never seen him like it. I don't know how he does it. He really – it's almost like he holds off on it, but he still hits a draw. I, I, don't, I don't know. And, but the way he has it so uh -huh. rigid left, yeah. it almost looks like he's flexing it, but he's not. I, it's it's fascinating to watch. I think it's one of the cool parts about the game right now that is what, pro technology. What do you, but what do you think? Like, just think about him. What do you think he's gonna be over the next few? You think he's a major winner? I think he is. Well, I think he's absolutely a major winner. And I also think this is this could be an interesting piece because we've been watching these guys that are just like swinging out of their shoes. 
I mean, you look at like DJ's uh, spine position and stuff like that. That dude's going to have more back problems when he turns 40. And same with Justin Thomas and all these guys that are they're already starting to see. They're going to have the same back problems that Tiger and Fred Couples have. But I think DeChambeau's swing holds up. Because I don't think he has to make some crazy weird moves like some of these other guys. I, I just don't see it as much um, in, his, in his swing. Well, so. he probably thought about his sets, but he still hits it really far. He does. He still bombs it. And he keeps it. Uh, he obviously has a system. And, but I... I could see him being a tremendous uh, player in his 40s and on the, you know, obviously uh, the champions tour as well. Whereas some of these other young guys that have been just beating the ball, I'm not sure they play much in their 40s. You know, he reminds me of a guy, whatever he would have picked or chose in life, he'd have been good at. You can oh. just tell. You can tell that with him. Well, and I, I read an article, I think it was after he won, and it, they were they were just asking him, you know, how he goes about things and whatever it is. And yeah, that's, that is like when it came to math and when it, to whatever he was doing in school and things like that, he just, he's like an all in kind of guy. He's just like, uh, when I commit to something and I want to be the best at it, this is what I do. And I don't know if you can say that for all the guys on tour or actually almost a lot of professional athletes. It's kind of like, it's that or... Yeah, they get the tunnel vision, right? It's kind of that, or they don't... But he's just, like what we were just saying, he's just a different guy, been good at anything he would have tried, he'd been an engineer, he'd been the best at it. You could tell he's not doing it for the money. <laughs> no. He's not. It, it's it's like for the science and for the, like, the, that, oh, that competitive And he spirit. wants it to work. Yeah. That's the message. He's like, he like wants it, it to work. I like him. I do like him. Dude's a baller. I, I'm. I like him too. I mean, he does, he's not the most charismatic player on the tour, but you know what? Most of these guys aren't. Um, I still appreciate his game. Um, one player that was in the hunt though in that tournament, um, coming down the stretch. So you got we got this beautiful view of his ankles throughout the uh, the last few holes. Was Sam Ryder, and um, I, I've I've gone on record on our Instagram and Twitter account that it's probably the worst looking golf you could ever put on somebody. But, uh, do you um, know, that's kind of the thing, like a little bit of thing now with younger folks. It's like higher pants. All right. If you, it looks stupid, if you are it on your, stupid. if you are on your way to the gym and you want to have your joggers on, I'm fine with that. Not a big deal. Uh, I, know, I don't the, even know what that means. What do you joggers? What do you, what do you mean? The joggers are basically like sweatpants that have like the tight cuff around the ankle. Okay, that's essentially what he was wearing on the golf course. Was it, it, I didn't I couldn't tell. It had like a it was like a you know really tight fitting like a pegged pants like a pegged pants. <laughs> and again, for casual settings, fine if that's a trend, that's the style. I'm fine with it. But we're talking about golf. I don't know. I, I'm not. Hey, I'm not like going to be the first one to be like, hey, I'm a traditionalist. I think everything has to like stay the same. I, I got to see his or whatever I it is. Up on my phone. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, it's just, but I, it's it's one of the most ridiculous looks. Well, hold on. I'm looking at it real quick. You can keep talking about him a little bit. We can. We actually we have a pro at our golf club that was um, uh, that played on the mini tours with him. Actually, the Canadian professional tour. And he was good friends with him. He actually came to his wedding, and he he said Sam is just this kind of 
that's just the way it is. He's not eccentric, but he's just maybe I don't know flamboyant. He's so out he there. showed up with a maroon suit. Hey, <laughs> with a maroon suit. Hey, I mean that's like Austin Powers, right? Hey, at the same time, to each their own. It's fine. But I, all I'm suggesting is that no different than Phil Mickelson wearing button-down shirts, the exposed ankles and jogger-style pants. Ricky tried them out, I think, last last year. So, Sam, you're a whole year behind this stupid trend, and Ricky quickly found out that they're ugly as hell, too. So, drop the uh, the pants. Those pants aren't cheap. Oh, the like great 200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's a cool up-and-coming uh, golf brand. I'm not trying to slight the brand that you uh that, that's behind that i think they're trying to do something and separate themselves and be a little bit different cater to a younger demo but it's just a terrible look so oh my gosh. they're I mean, so bad the next I just saw it so, they're so bad they're terrible it's so bad the, the next thing you know they're gonna have like ugg boots like as your shoot that's freaking awful god i've shared i, I mean I don't, we're laughing at a picture that y'all can't even see right now, but Google Sam Ryder's stupid pants and you'll be fine. Wow. Um, one more note of tour note. Uh, so Brandon Stone, uh, European tour player, um, they they posted this challenge that he did. He tried to hit... Uh, he shot 62, though. I know. Pants. I know he shot 62. Those pants are freaking awful. <laughs> he went I'll low. Wear, I'll wear those pants when I shoot 62. I know. God, I can barely shoot 82 today. Um, but uh, so Brandon Stone, they gave him 500 balls on a par three. I think he was hitting an eight iron. Um, so whatever distance he hits an eight iron, he had 500 balls to try to get a hole in one. It, it's 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 two minutes, three minutes, I think, long of like video where you're like, oh my gosh, I really hope he hits it, and, and then it's just agonizing watching him hit ones to like six inches and. Short, uh, just crazy. But John and I were talking, like, if you were put in a position where somebody said, hey, hit these 500 balls and try to make a hole-in-one, like, I don't even know where my head would be at. It's got to be for money. Oh, I'm sure. It's I mean, only he, he had, did he say he did it for charity or for money? I think it was a promotional thing for the European tour or so something like that. money's behind yeah, it. Yeah, there's money behind it. I mean, I, I just wouldn't do it unless it's, and, but he got close, what? He hit the oh flag. Oh, God. Hit the flag on the fly a couple times, stuck a couple to like six inches. How far was the shot? It was like an eight iron. So, I don't oh, know. So Probably eight. like 165, 180 yards. Oh, well, that's yards, not an easy yards. shot. No, definitely not an easy shot. But, but a, like a legitimate hole-in-one if that thing went in, right? But 500 balls, he didn't make one. It was it was kind of agonizing to watch at times because they, they, they don't show every single shot. It was an eight video, iron? But, I mean, to me, I would be – I mean – you think he would have done it if it was a, like 135? What do you think his stock pitching was? Just 135, 140? I don't know. These guys hit the ball so freaking far. Now. Dude, I don't I know either. Maybe 140, 145. <laughs> it's stupid. It's dumb. He, let me see here. Chase the ace. Chase the ace. I like that. Yeah, chase the ace. So if, if you're willing to do it, as I was telling John earlier, I, I was like, I think I'd just get tired. Uh, there'd be a point where I'm like, I'd be on ball, you know, like 125. I'd be like, guys, can't do that. Like the sun was going down for the, that. Kind of felt bad for him after a while because you know you're hoping he'd get one at somewhere in the 300s, and he still had to keep going with another hundred some odd balls. How but, many did he hit the green with? Um, four, four seventy, I think. Wow, that's it. that's good. That's good golf. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 500 balls. 
and, and tell me, hey, can you hit 94% of these on the freaking green? I'd be like, no. He, he was almost, he had a chance, and he had a legit chance to shoot 59. He'd been the first guy on the European tour to do it, this, like ever. Nobody, in the, but to me, these that's, guys are players, but that just shows me like European tours, just, they don't. These guys are just players. What do you They're think? Of, players. What do you think of the European tour? Well, I, hey, I, I think it's somewhere between the web.com tour and the, um, the PGA tour. So you don't uh, think it, you, you think it's better in the web? I think it's a little bit better than the web. I don't think it has, you know, I, I think it, you know, they have, they have the money that backs it up probably more so than the web especially because they've had that race to Dubai and all that kind of stuff. They have kind of a playoffs type thing. So um, to me, I, I, I wouldn't discount the European Tour. It's right there along with the PGA, um, but obviously doesn't have that same elite level, probably the same level of sponsors, but pretty legit. I think, I don't know. I think the the regular, the regular events are, I don't know. It, they don't seem like as much or much better than the web.com, but I think that race to Dubai yeah, and Dubai actually being involved and there's a ton of money oh, there. Insane amount. They'll, they'll put... Well, I think that's where they, they benefit from not just being... I know it's the European tour, but they benefit from kind of going around that uh, that whole, you know, Asia, Middle East... Um, you, and Europe, you know, they don't just like stay in Europe to play those tournaments. And I think that helps from sponsorship perspective. It helps from, uh, you know, them being able to get some money. So I like the European tour. No, no, uh, no real, nothing really against it. Um, moving on to our next topic, John and I, uh, there's a brand new PGA Superstore in Indianapolis. And John and I over lunch the other day went in there to check it out, one, and then two, uh, to see if we could swing some of these Mizunos we've been talking about the last couple episodes. So, John, what was your first impression of the PGA Superstore? Uh, it's actually my second. I've been in there prior, briefly, but I hadn't went and experienced it like we did yeah. with like going to the putting green and the hitting base. I loved it. I thought it was great. I really did. I thought it was a great setup, great store, and you know, I I hit the. I hit the Mizuno tours for the first time and I was really impressed. Um, I actually, I could not believe I liked them better than the forged the forged or nine nineteens or I'm talking about the nine nineteens. I didn't even say that about the tour ones, but, um, the forged hit farther for sure. And the forgiveness on was great, but man, I, I just love the playability of the tour ones. I really liked them a lot. They felt good. They felt very similar to my, ping s55s which are like five years six years old uh irons at this point i i really like the tours as well um actually brought my ping seven iron in as well and just kind of compared it side by side felt like i swung it very similar or the ball carried very similar um other than that the shaft felt a little bit different i didn't feel like i um i felt like it was a little bit more consistent with the shaft so it'd be kind of interesting to for me to experiment with that a little bit deeper if, if i decide to move into some new irons but. it's not gonna change your game a ton but i'm at, i just like mizuno's better i just i, so I the just only, do the only thing i felt where my game could change a little bit and i felt i've felt this with my current driver now too um i really feel like the shaft impacted more than anything i felt like it's 
the dispersion of my shots are not as far apart. I so wish, my misses are just not as bad. And I, I really I feel like I it's because that. of the shaft. I wish I understood all that stuff with shafts because they say that's the the guy. When you talk to these equipment guys, that's yeah. when they, they say the shafts are what's changed and what's almost becoming more important than the actual club hats. Yeah. Well, how much more innovation can they put in the club hat? They have so many restrictions, whereas with the shaft... You know, with them being able to tune those and process, probably they, processes. But what and do they do different? Like, I, I, I have no idea. I, but you know, look, they at, just have another, more equipment to test it. At another time, we're going to bring somebody on that can explain this to us. Because look, I think that'd be a good. Idea. We're actually, you know, you and I, we know golf okay, pretty yeah. well. We're we're decent players. We are the I, we are the epitome of amateur golfers right here. But we don't know. <laughs> I just don't know that much about different shafts. No. You don't know it either, do you? Other than, I, I mean, what Weight. specs the, what specs they put online and they and then what you can read online. I mean, there's plenty of people that have put that stuff out there. But as far as, like, truly understanding, like, if, if my ball flight does this or if this happens, then I should probably move. Like, what would you recommend I move to? I have no idea. You know, would I go heavier? Would I do something that has a different kick point? Would I... You know what I mean? Like go with a different stiffness. I mean, I, I, I think I'm like two sets ago. Somebody was like, "You should hard step these." I'm like, "What the fuck's hard stepping?" What is is kick point where the like the shaft release, right? Yeah. Where, where, as see, far as I know. See that to me, things like that would make sense to me. Yeah. Because if a shaft holds off more, right? Well, that could have be bad. A, well, you could have a mid kick point, low kick point. It's it, yeah, it's where it, it wants to final. Where the where the most do you, bend is. Do happening. you have an extra stiff shaft on your driver? Absolutely. Yeah. See, I only have a stiff. Oh, dude, I, that could be a game changer for you. What did that do for you? Different. So, in talking to um, some very good players and some pros, and even fitting guys, um, when I bought the last couple sets of clubs, basically they're the reason that regular shafts exist and stiff shafts exist and extra stiff exists is because people are trying to get more distance and so they're trying to get more flex because their swing speeds are so low that they need more flex and more bend so that they can actually get a little extra distance because of that flex. Basically what I was told is you swing the stiffest shaft you possibly can because it's gonna be the most accurate as, as long as you don't lose a significant amount of distance. Wow, wow. So it's not about like, oh my swing speed's this or this. You should go try an extra stiff shaft and a stiff shaft. And if you're not losing more than five yards or something like that after beating the, the extra stiff shaft, because it's because of the way it's obviously made, it, you're going to get less dispersion. It's going to be more consistent for you. Your misses aren't going to be as bad. Now, that's what somebody told me. Anybody can freaking critique the crap out of that that actually listens to this show. But um, I, this I mean, makes sense. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. Where I've felt uncomfortable with it, with um, especially with irons, is that I feel like they make them a lot heavier with those like X100s and stuff like that, or 200s or 300s or whatever they are. They, I feel like they're a lot heavier shaft. And for some reason, I like a little bit more bend in my irons shafts. So it just it's like a feel thing. Not as much feel on those extra stiff shafts, but it's like a feel putt. That's right, it's a feel putt, speed putt. Um, I don't know where we're going, but yeah. So PGA Superstore, check it out. We're we are we plan on going back. Um, 
and either getting truly fitted there or talking to the manager and what some of their missions and goals are with the store. So shout out, check it out if you're in the Indy area or if you have one of those stores in your, your, your space, um, check it out. Moving on to the topic of the week. We, uh, John and I got a, had a chance to play today and it was a kind of a breezy, cool day here in Indiana. Maybe, maybe topped out high forties, I would think. Mid forties, high forties. Yeah. And, um, but the sun was out, so it didn't feel too bad. Put on a couple layers, sock cap, good to go. And, um, we decided though, after, especially after I hooked my first two drives out of bounds, um, on the first hole, pull, pull hook, um, my first two drives out of bounds, um, that we would, I, I, I just kind of called it and, it, and then we kind of stuck with this for the day, but I called, it, I said, Hey, we're going to play 2019 rules. And so I actually dropped one out in the fairway kind of out from, uh, I guess where it would have crossed the hazard or the end of the out of bounds. And one of our playing partners was like, what's this? It, it, he, he hadn't really heard the rule. And so we want to talk a little bit about some of these rules and highlight those. And I think we can start with this, the out of bounds one, because from an amateur perspective, I think this is brilliant. Um, and the way they're describing it is that, that it's not, it's, it's uh, elite amateur level or professional tournaments aren't going to necessarily use this rule, but you know, for your day-to-day play, uh, where you're posting handicaps or playing at your, your, your club, um, this is essentially the way this works, but for lost balls and balls out of bounds, you essentially draw a line from where you crossed and bring it out to the fairway. So, but I, you know, one guy we were playing with, he, he'd been all pumped about the new rules coming in and he, he thought it was like a hazard, like, a, like it's a red stake. It's not. No. So it's not like a two club drop. You actually, you, wherever your ball went out of bounds or likely to be out of bounds, you'd find the nearest fairway edge, no closer to the hole. Like, so if you drew a line, um, kind of back, um, across, you would, you would, you would do that. So you're no closer to the hole from where it went out. Um, but you basically can go out and drop weight, uh, drop it in the fairway. Now this is a two stroke penalty. So the, the best way to probably explain this as it compares to the current rule is there, the rule is assuming that you hit one out of bounds. If you were to have that, you know, stroke distance back, th- they're assuming your third ball would land in the fairway. That's kind of how this rule kind of is. So that by dropping into the fairway, you're still hitting essentially like your fourth shot from the fairway. But what it allows you to not do is have to re-tee and like I did today, hook another one out of bounds. I'd much rather take the drop and the fair. I already hit one out of bounds. The likelihood of me hitting a, you know, especially as amateur as I am, the likelihood of me pull hooking another one is right up there. I, I think it's I definitely, it's a, it's more than 50% chance. Now is the difference between the lost ball and the ball out of bounds is the lost ball. Is it only two club lengths where you think you went, where it went out instead of going to the fairway? So no, the, so then the lost ball, um, is actually the same, the same rule. So, um, the lost ball is, let's say you're, let's say you're playing on a fall day like today, you hit it into the woods kind of, that's not necessarily even a out of bounds or a hazard. Typically you would have to go back 
right? And go re-tee because you have a lost ball under the leaves and you just couldn't find it. Now you can say, hey, you can agree with your playing partners. This is roughly where it probably would have been. It's lost. I'm going to go no closer to the hole and parallel out to the fairway. You know, look, it's amazing the not amazing, but it's. I can guarantee what we draw our attention to for the biggest rule changes is this rule. Absolutely. And they didn't really focus too much on this. It, it took. It little, actually came in later. It, it wasn't even one of the first. And I had to dig for it as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a pretty big deal. I, at first, I thought it was just a, a one shot penalty, and I was like, "Wow, this is gonna." Be- yeah, yeah. that'd be great for me because I'm a, I drive the ball like a dickhead. John, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm like one of the worst drivers to golf ball. I either nut it down the middle, or I am all over the freaking place. That is pretty much how his, I drive the ball. His driving's equivalent to my putting. <laughs> Truth. I bet, you know, I look at, you know, the other rule. Let me just, I'll recap because I had familiarized myself with these a while yeah. back. So, you know, how you drop the ball, you have to drop it now. You have to drop it from your knee height. You know, if you actually drop it from the regular height now, I think that's a penalty. I, I don't know for sure, but I think you're required to drop it at your knee. I love this one right here. Time for a ball search. Three minutes. That is, that's fantastic. I love Well, it. you know what? There, the huge part about this, too, um, because you don't have to go back to the tee, I think that helps out a lot, too, where people can make up their mind. Hey, you know what? Gone. I'm just going to go out to the fairway, take my two-stroke penalty, and lost ball. Right. Now I don't... Um, but when... You know, here's like, a, I, I used to search the extra maybe two minutes because I'd be like, fuck, I don't want to go back to the tee and not re-tee another one. But here, here's the thing, though. Like, when do you start... When you're playing with your buddies or, like, you're actually in a... Even if you're just like in the club championship, when do you like, hey, I, we're going to enforce this? It's always just like, it seems like it's a wavy type area. Like, you know, like the yeah. thing on the, the, the PJ Tour, they don't enforce like the, the penalties too often for delayed play and slow play. When do you actually do it? I think you should do it. I think you step and say, look, guys, you got you to gotta speed it up. Because, I mean, guys will look, at, they'll look for it for yeah. 10 minutes. Well, I think what it allows you to do, because it's in the rules, to at least call people on it and be like, "Hey, man, you got it. Your three minutes is probably up at this point. You know, you, five minutes might have been a little bit longer, but well, I you know that, I like that part. Repairing the spike marks—that's just stupid. That should have been fixed a long time ago. Leaving the flag in the hole is fantastic. I think it's a great rule. Even though I would, I'll probably never use it. I I don't think so. But you know, for the especially for the example of like you're just tapping one in. You know, like you chipped it to. A couple feet or whatever like i don't need to pull the pin to tap it in and and get a penalty i, I will say there so bryson came out and said statistically because of how the flag stick is manufactured for most tournaments he feels that there's more of a benefit of leaving it in <laughs> than pulling the pin why it has something to do with some coefficient of impact that can help actually create it makes that he's i think it, what it was it was something about it it actually makes the hole bigger and i'm like I, that blew my mind but i you know what here's the other thing that dude's done the math on it i guarantee you now that being said we put we experimented with that today and i feel like with the way the wind was blowing today and this was one, a couple exceptions that Bryson had as well. So in the U.S. Open, they use uh, a different type of flagpole 
in the U.S. Open than they do in other tournaments. It's not fiberglass. I don't know what it's made out of, wood or whatever the heck it's made out of. He said he or steel or something. He said he would pull it out in U.S. Opens. Again, this guy's crazy, right? He's just analyzing crap. Um, he also said, depending on like wind and how the pe- the pin is setting, maybe in the cup, it may not be a benefit to you as well. So, like for example, when we were putting, that pin was like bending to the right, and I'm like, shoot, if I come in from the right hand side, it might kick the dang thing. Well, out. let's think about the premise of things. So, like, like in way back in you know 30s 20s you couldn't mark your ball like you had to keep your ball on the putting ring that's that nobody you could move it so i'm just i want to try to understand what's the premise of you know why the flag stick has to be taken out and when they actually change it i'm just trying to understand just like think from a logic standpoint what's it matter it it, it's never mattered it doesn't make any sense it, it who cares if it's you hit the pin, you don't hit the pin. If it's in, it's out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just, I don't get it. I'm just, so that rule, I bet you changed later. I mean, it had to. Like, yeah. and now they're changing it back. Yeah. I mean, think yeah. about, but you know, think about this stuff for a sec. I, I think the rule, like that old rule of like keeping the ball, no matter what, on the green mm-hmm. as it sits, so you don't get to touch it. It's don't just to clean it. Don't get it. I like that. It's, I mean, it keeps it. Pretty true. I mean, you're Mud just ball. on the you're just on the fringe. You can't. Bubba Watson would hate the fuck out of that. Man. Oh my god. He'd be like mud ball, he mud would. ball, <laughs> fucking mud ball. Well, this last one, the relaxed rules in the penalty area. That's you know fine. It means like, you can ground your club like now. Yeah. In a, in here, I read about it though. Okay, so you can ground your club like in the grassy area, but if you're in like a, uh, in a in a, uh, a sand trap. It only can be incidental. Correct. Meaning that it's like, so if you put your club down, lean on it. It can't yeah. be like, oh, I'm going to put my club down behind the ball. Yeah. Start feeling. No, you can't do that. No, no, you're not. You're not trying to improve your lie or create a lie or something like that, right? You're not trying to, to do that. Incidental, though, touching or grounding of clubs and stuff like that, they're, they're not going to. And I think that's great. Um, I, there's there's some great little ones. Uh, a double hit is no longer a penalty is now now as well, which is fantastic because it's like it's not like you intend, like it's not like you gained any advantage by hitting it the second time when you chili dip the fucking thing. So that that makes total sense to me. Um, uh, you can uh, remove loose impediments anywhere throughout the course, so even including hazards. Before you weren't able to move a stick or you weren't able to move a rock in a freaking bunker, that would actually be a penalty, and it's like. I got expensive freaking equipment. I can't go to the to the to the trailer after the round and have them just replace my seven iron or my wedge. This stuff's two hundred bucks a pop, you know, to to replace clubs. So I think that's a really smart rule as well because hey, you know what? Sometimes you do find that ball in a bunker next to a rock or in a hazard, you know, up next to a stick or something like that, where you're like, hey man, I can't be hitting into a stick. Something like that. I'll do damage to myself or the club. So I think that's that's smart as well. Um, there's there's a whole list. I mean, you can check it out. I think there's uh, it's it's one of the biggest changes in in golf as it relates to the rules. And uh, there's a few other things like relating to caddies and alignment and stuff like that that doesn't impact you know amateur what? golfers. But you know what though, that was a pretty big deal. Like the caddies can't line up putts. So you can. Um, how did that Caddies cannot line your putts up or read them up. 
So they can't, while you are addressing the ball, they can't help you line up. Which is fine. So they can help you pick a line, you know, point out no different, you know, well, of course you can't, they can't touch the line, that kind of thing. But they could help you pick a, you know, tell you what you think a line is, but you can't address the ball and have them help you line up. I think that is important rule. It's interesting. I think, I think it's, I think, I don't. Hopefully, I think a lot of these rules are trying to speed up play, you know, across all levels. And that's one of them for sure that hopefully could speed up play. Um... Man, I don't. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, shoot, I got a list of like twenty. What else we got? Um, ball moving on the green after it's been marked. Uh, ball accidentally moves on the putting green. So remember the example of. Uh, um, what do you do? You remember the example of when the ball moved like Dustin Johnson? I think it was ball moved on the green. He didn't even like do anything, and they got penalized because the dang thing like rolled. Well, he didn't do anything, you know, and now you don't get a penalty for that. So, um, so there, that uh, there's plenty of rules. Check them out, and um, I think like if you even Google like 20 most important changes to rules, there's kind of some summaries. I think it's important. I think it's important that like you're an amateur golfer familiarize with it it's actually yeah. it's in it is actually important and it will be helpful to you absolutely I, there's some de- definitely some rules that you can benefit from all right so on to our last topic of this evening we've got the beer barrel bourbon from new holland so we were actually drinking what are we drinking dragon's milk before this we drank we drank one dragon's milk so you could get that's the that's probably their staple beer, New Holland. Okay. They're a Michigan brewery. And I saw this tonight, and I was like, I've never seen that before. That's, so it's a beer barrel bourbon. It's finished in, in actual oak beer barrels. Okay. It's, and it's a, it's a bourbon. Yep. They're claiming it's a bourbon. Yeah. I don't know if they can really. I don't know if they can claim that if they're making it in Michigan. But... Yeah, that's, that's something to be. But, you know. There's probably a backstory that we don't. Again, we're amateur liquor drinkers as just as much as we're amateur golfers. We're probably more professional liquor. (laughs) Well, we know how to drink it. We just don't know how to like give you probably the the real great critique on it or whatever. I mean, let's give it a try. I mean, it's 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 brand new. Let's give it a whirl. We've got our uh, golf ball, little. uh, I love these glasses. Buttons. These are fantastic. I mean, as that thing chills Thanks more, to uh, my brother Steve for these last Christmas. Steve. <laughs> my boy Steve. <laughs> so, as it chills even more, like... Actually, a little water on it. It's nice. Man. Because it, initially it had kind of a bite to it. So, we took so, our first sip before we started talking here. I think there was a little bite, but we really liked the finish. It, was, it had a nice, smooth finish to it. Um, you can definitely get a um, kind of a, a stout kind of flavor to it. So, there's there's some... There's some hops. There's some barley there. There's some beer flavor in there for sure. Um, it's it's definitely. I like the finish. It's not bad. I'm trying to think what I could compare it to. It's it's not a scotch, and it's not really a bourbon. I'm just trying to think of like. It's like a blend. There's some type. Of, there's a blend. Going blend on to me there. though just has too much bite all throughout. I just don't like blends. I that is a good. It, it's, it it it's, reminds it's, me a little bit like you like Blanton's and Woodford. Yeah. Smooth. It's smooth like that. It definitely has more flavor going on to it that takes it away kind of from that more traditional bourbon kind of probably flavor. 
but I don't know. I think it's worth checking out. If like if you're looking to experiment with different bourbons, if you're a beer drinker as well, I think uh, stout drinker. It's worth. This it. is. I think this is worth uh, worth the, checking out. And it's only. I think it was thirty five. There you go. I mean, it's so awful. it's like it's like your typical bottle of a liquor. So not bad. there's a. I Give a shout it. out to New Holland, but I love. Yeah. I shout love, out to New Holland. We'll I tag love, you. I love me some dragon's milk. So yeah, we'll tag you. Uh, we'll tag you on on the uh, social media sites and such. But uh, quick plug for that kind of stuff. Check us out on Instagram. I I every so often make fun of like Sam Ryder and things like that on there. Uh, as well as you can follow us on Twitter. I try to uh, chime in on anything that Brandel Chambly tweets, so you can see my comments there. I'm trying to get John to get in on the account so he can see the the craziness as well. But uh, please follow us on those accounts because you'll also get updates of when new podcasts come out. Uh, but last but not least, if you want real updates on when podcasts come out, subscribe to it. So you can subscribe in iTunes or sorry, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe in Android Podcasts or uh, on Android. And you can as well as uh, we're on, um, of course, the platform that we utilize which is Anchor. Uh, so if you are an Anchor user, it's an app as well. And last but not least, uh, even on Spotify. So if, if you listen to music and you want to switch over to a podcast, Spotify has us as well. So uh, among other platforms. So for that, on behalf of Mr. Falkenberg and myself, go out there, hit more greens, uh, even though it's freaking winter now, and just do it at least on your simulator or something and, or at Top Golf. And uh, you'll score better. See ya. Thanks.